This episode is brought to you by our friends over at Flying House Threads. More on that later. Welcome back to Disney Dependent. I'm Sarah Chilcott. And I'm Philander Butler. No, no you're, you're not. not. God dang it. Sorry, I'm James Macmillan. There you go. That's better. We did it. We did it. We did it. But we do <sighs> have Philander Miss... Butler on the show today. Oh, boy, do we. And uh, <laughs> we're really, really, really excited to talk to him. He is a cast member at the one and only Disneyland. The home base. The home base. He does all kinds of cool stuff there, and uh, he's going to tell us all about it. And we do have a weather segment, but we're not going to talk about that right now because we have a field correspondent, the one and only yes. Philander Butler. From, on location. Yes, on location in Disneyland or nearby. Or nearby. To tell us about the weather, so you'll have to wait and listen for that. Yeah, so if you want to know what the weather is in Desperately. two cities in America. From some time in the past, <laughs> because the past. this doesn't come out the day we're then recording. you're just going to have to be patient and you know, wait. I know that this is uh, hot off the press. Yes. Breaking news. Before we continue down this Disney road that we call Disney Dependent. <laughs> let's... That was a stretch. Before we continue down this Disney trail that we call Disney Dependent. We're hiking now. Okay. Yeah. In all seriousness, let's wish everyone a little Merry Christmas, a Happy Holidays, and a Happy New Year. For God's sakes, can it be a Happy New Year? Yay! 2020, you know what I mean? Happy Holidays, everybody, from yes. Disney Dependent. Exactly. This room of dorks to your room of dorks. <laughs> <laughs> so now... Enjoy this interview with Philander Butler. Welcome, Philander. Thank you so much for being here with us today. We're really excited to talk to you. I'm pumped. Yeah. And for our listeners who may not know who you are, do you mind just kind of giving us the the two second or 30 Elevator second pitch. or 20 minute? We don't care how long you talk. <laughs> Well, I'm Philander Butler. I am a current cast member of the Disneyland Resort. I have been there for almost 10 years now. I think it's nine, actually. I do quite a few things there. I am a guest relations cast member. I also am a tour guide, a VIP host. I train new VIP host cast members, and I'm also a spokesperson for the resort, mainly just on new initiatives or that have, a, and have to do with like entertainment or attractions or new experiences, like other like bigger stuff. They don't have me talk about that, specifically Disneyland and whatever we're currently pushing for the new whatever. Before the temporary closures, I was, I, we were doing one for Rise of Resistance and Magic Happens, the, the new parade. I was so sad to see that go. Magic yeah. Happens happened like right, right as it was closing, right? Yeah, that one we got maybe uh, like a month out of that. So a little better than Runaway Railway in Florida, which closed like after a week of opening, which is really sad. <laughs> so sad. Well, I will say just for some context for our audience and you yourself, how we heard about you was mostly, I would say, through Mark Bricky. Oh, that guy. <laughs> 
Yeah, I'm a huge fan of his. Uh, Mark and I actually, oddly enough, probably know a few of the same people from from working in music and stuff. I, I run a music management company. I know he played in a band, and he knows some. Mm-hmm. So that's how I found out about him. The obsession with Disneyland, you know, going down the Instagram rabbit hole led me to Bricky. I told you guys about this guy. I was like, yeah, this guy, he's got a bunch of tattoos. He comes from the music world. He's got a podcast and a YouTube show. And then from there, we found you. So for our audience listening, uh, that's how we heard about you. And then, you know, you're a repeat guest on his show. So it's, it's a, a huge honor for us to finally talk to you. Yeah, it was, it was fun doing that with him. I met him or actually, was that this year? Who knows now? I don't know. Um, I met him uh, on a VAP tour actually. And then of course we hit it off being Disney heads and uh, kept talking after that. And then he wanted me to invite me onto there onto his podcast. And we had a blast. Like we're talking like no one is listening anyway. So it's like fun conversation to do with that with him. And it's something I love talking about despite people thinking, I, I think people think I don't like it. So they, they're afraid to ask me stuff, but I'm like, no, it's like, okay, I genuinely enjoy that. And they're like, Oh, he doesn't want to talk about his job. It's like, no, it's fine. I know it's interesting. And people know me to know many things. So they're asked questions, but I'm, I'm into it. Like it's, I wouldn't do the job that I have if I was worried about talking about <laughs> the Walt Disney company or Disneyland to people. Awesome. So you do tours, the VIP mm-hmm. stuff. I have never been on any of the tours there. Um, I've always wanted to do it. It just always feels a little out of my price range. I, I wonder what kind of things happen on those tours that kind of make it worth your money. My, mm. my best friend, Amy, has been on multiple tours, both at Disneyland at, and at Walt well, Disney World. Oh, and she's like, oh, cool. you guys have to do it. And I always go, yeah, <laughs> I know, I know, but I never have. So I'm just curious, like, what, what's a selling point of those tours other than obviously like getting to find out some stuff that you may not know already? I think for most people, it's kind of how, what you want out of it really. Cause there's, there are definitely individuals who prefer it as like a checklist of I want to make sure I do as many things as possible without waiting. But there's also the people who want the the history or the, the secrets or the knowledge. So and I've I've done a couple where it's been both, you know, I think there is a lot of joy and like excitement that comes out of getting to see Disneyland through the eyes of like someone who is very knowledgeable about it. Because my favorite people are the ones that want to know about the place like they've been so many times i can imagine that would be you three who have been often enough you know you know space mountain is always great but it's better if you i'm like pointing out to these fun things to you that you may not have noticed before because there's such a wide range of people that end up doing these types of things i think primarily the selling point is i don't want to wait a long time which is crazy understandable like i get it and then throughout the day you know if they're willing or able and they want to hear these things, I will, of course, kind of trickle out things and then see how I dangle out in front of them. Some people could care less, which is totally fine. Others become like enraptured and then start asking me tons of questions. Now I'm pointing out all these things. There's so many layers to the resort. um, And I really love showing even the person who has been, who knows like the back of their hand, there's something I guarantee you that I will show you that you, or tell you that you did not know before. And those are the 
that's probably the biggest selling point. Other things come like getting VIP viewing for shows so, or us assisting you with dining. For someone who's a pro with navigating the park, it doesn't really add that much. Like I, I can assume you three know how to walk to Indiana Jones Adventure. <laughs> someone who, <laughs> Someone who has never been before, they may want that individual because they have a specific amount of time that they have to be at Disneyland and they want it to be expedited so that myself or also my, you know, fellow cast members are suggesting the best possible things for them, the best way to get to them um, and kind of planning a day out for them. Because I said, some people could care less about who made the park or, you know, I don't care who Mary Blair is, just get me on the ride. Like they don't care. And that's cool. They're like, all right, whatever. Like, are we on the ride yet? Like they don't care. So it it kind of depends, but uh, I feel like it's nice because it's really for everybody. I've had doing it over the course of almost nine years, I've had so many different people, you know, kind of express their wants and their needs. And we really customize the day to fit that. Sometimes it's just thrill attractions. Sometimes it's ones for families or little ones. Sometimes it's learning the history. Sometimes it's like a foodie type trip. It's really kind of what you want it to be, which I think is why people love it so much. It's not such a cut and dry thing like the guided tours are where you're taking this tour because you're very interested in the history of the resort. So like taking the walk and Walt Disneyland footsteps tour is something that would be you want to know about Walt. So you take that and it's completely scripted. They're walking to specific points. You're riding specific attractions. You're doing it and that's it. And there's no customization. So those are great too, but I prefer doing it the other way because then it's, you know, you may want to know about Walt, but also the history of Pirates of the Caribbean, which may not be touched upon in a great deal on that tour. So it's, it's like people are fascinated by different types of things. So I like being able to find out what someone loves and then like pour it on after that. That's so awesome. So how many people are in a VIP tour versus like one of the guided tours? Guided tours, depending on the type of tour, range from like uh, 10 to 20. I think the Walt one, Welcome Most Flip Tour gets up to about 20 people. Uh, VIP tours are 10 individuals and they, that gets up to any more than that requires a secondary guide. So then now you're paying the a second amount of the price if it's over 10. So I've had tons of families, like 10 people, they split the cost of it, which makes it considerably cheaper if it's 10 adults that are chipping at it as opposed to one giant lump sum. But the the other tours, they're based off of like capacity. There's a great tour that we ran seasonally. It was the um, Grand Circle Tour for the trains, where they teach you about the trains in Disneyland. And that had a smaller capacity because the big selling point of that tour was that you ride the lily bell which has a capacity of a specific amount of people so they cap that because they want you all to ride together at one time so sometimes it's as simple as that but the max i think for is the walk and walt season footsteps tour and that was about 20 people or so and they split you to two groups at the end so and it includes lunch so one one group of it is going up to look at his apartment and hear the stories up there while the other group has lunch and then they swap like that i think Part of the advantage, what I can tell, is also if, you know, say you're Jack Black and your family wants to go to Disney, uh-huh. which is a great YouTube video. I, I adore that video. <laughs> it tries to crush all the rides in mm-hmm. one day. Mm-hmm. It's really not yep. going to happen. 50 for 50. Yeah. <laughs> but the whole time you see the VIP tour guides just kind of simmering in the background. It's like, oh, that's how Jack Black gets to go to Disneyland. it's really up to if they want to do that they can like it's not something that's given you know they are they choose to do it or they don't you know i think a lot of people 
make the mistake of just assuming that it is for people that are incredibly wealthy or like disposable income or some type of celebrity or well-known figure. But really anybody does it. I think that's just a natural assumption. But there's stuff like that all throughout the Walt Disney Company where if you have the money, they have these extra experiences. Some are not nearly as elaborate as this. You know, there's dining at 21 Royal. There's a VIP tour. There is even bigger tours than that, like the Land of Dreams tour. There's tons of experiences where you are paying an additional amount for something extra, you know, uh, an experience that is a little bit more, even though you're seeing the same show, like if it's fireworks, you're doing it from a specific position and now you have a, you know, desserts or coffee or something along with it. So it's just one of those extra things that are available. What's sort of the training to get to be one of these guides? I, I would imagine it's pretty restrictive and I, I would imagine a lot of people apply for that position. Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty popular. It's definitely challenging, that's for sure. We can't take someone that is very unfamiliar. Like you need to have a mastery level knowledge of the resort, like front and back. I think a lot of people believe they know it in a certain way, the resort, and they do because they've been a long time. They've gone multiple times throughout their life and the things that they're really interested in or the little type of things, they don't really, that doesn't connect so much with them. So in having a mastery level resort, it's like being a map and like, like truly being a map, not so much like we had mentioned walking to Indiana Jones, but also knowing how long it lasts, describing it expertly to someone who hasn't been on it and knowing the high requirement off the top of your head. Um, those things don't come naturally to someone even someone that has been multiple times. Like if I asked you, you know, do you happen to know the high requirement of Indiana Jones adventure right now? Like, did you, would you just straight up know it? And most people are not going to know that. Like they know where they can find out, but in my position, knowing that immediately is the thing that is the selling point for the selling point for the family that knows nothing. So it's, I think it's simple to take someone and kind of treat them to it. But when there's an expectation for, you know, what someone is paying for it, then this becomes this mastery level knowledge. So we we make sure that we truly, truly know everything. So not just how long it is to walk somewhere, but there's also a level of um, strategic planning that goes along with it that where someone now is going to say, oh, Philander, we are excited for the tour and we brought this list of 15 attractions that we want you to, that we want to do today. So I'm going to take that list now and map out a pathway in my head for how I'm going to attack this because as you all can imagine going from it's a small world to the Incredicoaster does not make any sense. That's ridiculous. And if it was done that way, it would waste a ton of time. You're passing like tons of attractions. So mapping out that throughout the day, also keeping in mind that they have a reservation at let's say Carthay at one o'clock, they have Blue Bayou at seven and then they have fireworks at nine 30. So now you're taking their list of 15 attractions and making sure that you are walking and hitting these attractions, because if they had Carthay at one o'clock, I should not be in Galaxy's Edge getting on Smuggler's Run. Like, because then now we're walking from Galaxy's Edge to Carthay. So I'm mapping out this entire pathway throughout the day. Also keeping in mind that the attractions go up and down, you know, managing that, managing their own stops for like shopping or bathroom breaks, snack breaks, so that it stays in line, that they can actually hit most of those things. And that is a level of planning and logistics that most don't think about as much while knowing the resort really well they just can't think about it even knowing um like restaurants like we want we would want a vip host to not only be able to describe a restaurant the type of food it has but also to know a few items off the menu to give a guest a very strong idea of what's sold there 
so that they can make the decision about whether they would want to go there or not. And to have that knowledge for every single restaurant in the resort, because they could say, oh, um, Ash, I want to eat at a table service restaurant. What are the options? So now I'm naming every table service restaurant or the ones that make sense, or sometimes to take the edge off of people because some people get like really regimented. I'll say, when you guys get hungry, tell me when, and I'll tell you the food that's around you in that moment. So we're not walking from Pixar Pier all the way over to Tomorrowland. Like this is what's around you to eat. And I'll name everything off and they can choose there. And if they don't like those options, I'll spread that bubble a little further so that um, they have an idea. So it, it makes sense to what we're doing. Cause I'll say, well, can we go there? I was like, well, we don't want to go too far because so sometimes I'm going to have to kind of wiggle with their plan. And as long as we're okay with it, like we're not in the position of like making active executive decisions for them, unless they want that. I'm kind of balancing it so that they can do everything they want to do at once. Basically like Jeez. what Sarah and I do every time we're there, but just infinitely better. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of people that can do it, but we like turn that dial up just a lot further, like to uh, almost a tragic skip the line button. Yeah. Like almost a really intense version of that. Cause I, I'm even planning things down to like, you know, it's a small world is about, it's going to take us uh, 10 or so minutes to get through the queue. It's about a 15 to 20 minute attraction. I'm even matching. Like I'm thinking about how this family's walking through the park. Are they keeping a quick pace? Cause I'm only setting the pace that they're setting with kids. I've got to think about, okay, well, when we get to, Mater's junkyard, we have to park the stroller, get the kids out, get them on. Like I'm, I'm basing my day off of how they're moving. Cause I'm not going to say, all right, chop, chop. You guys got, yeah. you know, two hours before dinner. Like we got to, you know, sometimes I've had to take it down to Wolf Lander. We want to do these five things before the park closes. And I'll say, okay, I think I can do all five, but if you had to lose one, which one would you take off? So I make them make that decision so that if I hit all five, they're going to be super happy. But if we only get four done because of whatever that may come about, they have made that decision themselves as opposed to me saying, oh, sorry, you missed it. You know, like I'm looking at these five rides I want to do and making an, a decision on my head, like based on walking times, how long I think the attraction that it will take to walk there from where we are, how long it lasts. Because everyone always forgets the walking time. They laugh because I'll even ask you all a question saying, if you had a Carthay reservation and uh, at let's say seven o'clock, you got out of it, at 8.45 and you needed to get to the step partner statue to watch fireworks and the family wanted to go on Guardians of the Galaxy one more time, do you think you can make that? Because they're going to ask you that question because they don't know it. And they're, now you're thinking, well, if we go over there, we get on it, we go through the queue, get on it, walk out of Hollywood land across Esplanade and make it to partner statue, could we get there by 9.30? And now they're expecting you to make that decision. And it's like... Do you make it? Do you not? Like they're looking to you because they wouldn't know. But I think they're like, oh, we could do it. I'm like, you're not thinking about, we're not teleporting over to partner statue. We have to, to walk there. Move I was thinking your you body. Rod, you could maybe yeah. get there. You're explaining all these scenarios of like, okay, we'll go here. Idiot decisions. It, well, well, that mm. figure of all the dumb, stupid mistakes we've made. No, yeah. Like, <laughs> All world to Incredicoaster. Like, sure, We're like, would. no, we would never do that. But also, I'm like building up tears in my eyes, thinking of how great this made-up day and scenario uh -huh. sounds. Yeah. 
like mm-hmm. a reservation at Carthage. I'm like, we do. We do. <laughs> I, I could I could go on Guardians before fireworks, or maybe go to fireworks. The thought of being able to have that back in our life again. Oh, I hear you. So you know, we don't want to make you just talk about your job the yeah. whole time we're talking to you. As fun as that would be. I don't know. You're <laughs> right, having right. fun, but I want to ask you before we move on to the the main topic yes. here. What's your favorite area of the park and your favorite attraction? Ooh, okay, that's those are good. I actually that I had trouble with that for a long time, but I kept getting asked so much, so many by so many times by families that I made myself make a decision on it. Um, my favorite area or land, just in like in general, is New Orleans Square. Like one hundred percent, you will be actually hard pressed to find a better land in any of the parks if you break it down into like. So I usually break it down to four cottages. I play that um, usually when I find out guests have um, a taste for like they 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 like Disney and not just the people that are wanting to crush all the rides really quickly. I'll start asking them like my like hypothetical questions, you know, about favorite land. So I've made people like have a thoughts about um, you know would you do this or would you do that or what do you think Walt would think of this or so I ask them that question those kind of questions and they um, are interested in it. And one of my ones for lands is if you kind of break down lands to what kind of purposes they serve so you think of uh entertainment attractions uh dining you could say like shopping which land does that the best because you could say something like galaxy's edge is has fantastic attractions the food has been like hit or miss with people i think because it's very it's very different which is good like if you're going to tell stories then tell them all the way not just like oh i'm going to eat a burger in galaxy's edge like then you've stopped on the storytelling at that point but new orleans square hits it because you have pirates and you have haunted mansion you have a a few fantastic restaurants entertainment is without question because you've got all these live entertainment with bands uh characters walking around phantasmic in the evening and the theme the ambience like it it feels like a very romanticized version of new orleans there's so many details also the fact that they'll never make a land like that ever again like disneyland was made so specifically out of walt's head that every other version of it that came afterwards was from the lessons that were learned from the previous disneyland so that like very tight, cornery New Orleans, you're going around corners and alleys, they'll never do that again because that doesn't make sense for the crowd levels that Disney attracts. So Disneyland is so special in that that Walt made it without knowing what would happen. Because when you go to Magic Kingdom, their main street is huge. And they made it huge because they knew that everyone would be coming as opposed to ours is very quaint and little. There was no lessons learned in the original Disneyland. It was just made to be made. You know, and that's why I love New Orleans because I I truly don't think they'll do that again. Every walkway now is massive. Anywhere you go, any land, like even just comparing California Adventure to Disneyland, all the parade routes, the walkways are huge. There's no hidden spaces. Everything is big and open, which is what it needs now because there's all these people coming. They know people are coming. But New Orleans Square for sure, uh, there's so many details. I could talk for an hour about New Orleans Square. I know we're not here for that. We're fine with that. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite new attraction i have to say new and classic because they're so hard to compare now if you're looking at like uh, almost 60 years of imagineering haunted mansion without a doubt is my favorite classic attraction and the newer one would be rise of the resistance uh star wars so those two are without question for me at the top of the heap i think you're right there with ash then yeah those are some good mm-hmm. yeah. my personal favorite older ride older attraction would be pirates Yes. Yeah. Pirates is like, 
I mean, you catch me on a different day, and I may say Pirates at Haunted Mansion. Like, they are so close. And only small things edge out Haunted Mansion for me. And it's something that Pirates couldn't do anyway. Like, it's based on truly just the history of how the attraction was made that edge it for me over Pirates. But it's like stuff that Pirates, it, it, it couldn't do it because that's just not how it was designed and built under the circumstances. And that's only why Haunted Mansion gets the slight edge. Plus, I was frightened of it as a kid. I think that also like helps with it a little bit too, where it was something that I was really worried about doing and now I can't get enough of it. Right. I was scared of both of those as a kid. <laughs> the drop used to scare the living hell out of me. Yeah. I used to get so like neurotically worried about that part. <laughs> and now you go on it and like, I could literally drink hot tea. <laughs> yeah. And not spill it. You can take a nap on the drop. Yeah. Like they... <laughs> Totally. The topic that we have written down is why is Di- Disneyland so magical at Christmas with special guest Philander Butler? Oh, <laughs> I'm on the marquee. Yes. This. <laughs> I haven't. I have not been to the park during Christmas, at least that I can remember. Mm, okay. When I was a child. You had to have as a kid. Da- we, yeah. Dad says we have. Our dad worked there when we were kids. So. Oh, okay. He was on Main Street. Three, three different times he was a cast member. Yep. yep. He uh, he worked in the magic shop. Yep. The hat shop. Ooh. Plaza Inn. Plaza When Inn. it was the Plaza Pavilion. Right. Or a- oh, throwback. He says Plaza. Plaza. <laughs> so, yeah, so he started in the late 70s. Yeah. And then he was there in the 80s too when we were kids. Oh, Philander, before we move on, so we, we went on a huge uh, family trip. There's like 20 of us that all went Ooh. right before COVID hit, man. Like mm-hmm. uh, end of January. We got home February, February 4th. Yeah. So like a month. Oh, that's like a perfect time. Yeah. It was one of the best trips of my life. But so we come out of Abe Lincoln history. What was that hit magic moments with Abe? Or mm-hmm. Simply yeah. moments with Lincoln. Mm-hmm. There it is. <laughs> all the names. Entirely too long. Yeah, they're and they're getting longer, but that's <laughs> pretty sure they're trying to like play a punk on us now at this point. They're just trying to see how many words they can add to these titles. It reminds me of like those menus where they like Red Robin's menu has the is it the chick chick yeah. chicken fingers yeah. and our sister Haley like <laughs> that the chick chick chicken fingers like you can just say chicken fingers. You just say chicken fingers. You dark. <laughs> Coming out of that attraction. We hang a right into that little gift shop there, oh, and yeah. that's mm-hmm. where they, they sell your name in the hats. And all oh, the Mad Hatter, huh? Mm-hmm. Exactly. And so we, we hang a right, and my dad starts talking to the cast member behind the counter. And she's kind of squinting her eyes at him. And then out of nowhere, she goes, Jim? Wow. <laughs> yeah. She goes, do you not remember me? I, I've already forgot her name. It's like Mary I can't something. remember what her name is either. But she hadn't seen him in 30 plus years. And so she's wow. late 70s, early 80s, had worked there that entire time. And she recognized my old man who's 65. Like That's wild. wild. It so, was crazy. Anyway. I was standing there with them and I was like, this cannot be happening. This I'm being punked right now. <laughs> <laughs> That was a special moment, and it also makes me sad because I think of those kind of cast members that have been there mm-hmm. as long as, almost as long as I've been alive. Some people mm-hmm. there, and it's like, what, what are these special people doing right now? You know, these know. people who were probably a, towards the end of their career at Disneyland. Mm-hmm. I think about a lot of the cast members that I haven't seen in a long time, and some I keep in touch with. But yeah, there's it'll be interesting coming back when the time 
comes and, uh, you know, seeing who's there or even who choose to be there, because you can imagine that some people may move on to some, move on to other things, which is incredibly understandable. It's like one of those things you're going to miss, not necessarily individual people, but what they bring to the table, you know, and I'm not, I'm not even worried in the slightest that it will not feel different from a cast perspective. Cause I see friends doing it at Walt Disney world and other resorts right now, which is great and hearing their stories. Um, but yeah, it's, it's sad knowing that even someone, there's a, someone that you potentially could have met on a future trip that may not be there now that prov- would have provided that type of experience or magic. You could say that would have enhanced your trip, you know, and all because of something that we could not have planned or prepared for. Yeah. Real big bummer. We're ready yes. for this to be done. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of that, let's, let's focus on things that are magical and wonderful and whimsical. Whimsical. Every time he starts talking Christmas. magical, I start laughing because he gets like, dreamy eyed. And- <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm a massive Christmas nerd. Like just oh, okay. Oddly, I think a lot of Disneyland fans happen to also love either Halloween or Christmas. Oh yeah, one of the two. It's like it's prime time. Yeah. So Ash and I went last December, and we did a crazy day. By the way, Flander, we so we live in Portland, Oregon, mm-hmm. and from Portland, Oregon, early morning, <laughs> went to Anaheim, took a little Uber to the park, hung out in the park all day until the evening, got all our Christmas magic in, and then. Mm-hmm. Plane. I went back that night. Ooh. Yeah, the best flight out was in the LAX. We had a taxi from Orange County all the way to LA. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but worth it. He soaked it up. So yeah, let's kind of transition into the, the details of Disneyland during the holidays. And I mean, obviously Halloween is something completely special at that park. Mm-hmm. Main Street during Christmas time is something that it's hard to even explain to people how, how special it is. Yeah. First of all, would you agree with that? Oh, no. Yeah, without question. Main Street already gives off a... It's like, I guess a good way to say this is Disney and Christmas go hand in hand because Christmas, or even that time of year, depending on what any, you know, what people celebrate, it, it, it generates memories and nostalgia because you're, it's something that happens depending on what you celebrate once a year. So you have very fond memories of previous Christmas Christmases or... Hanukkah, Hanukkahs or whatever you celebrate. And Disneyland does the same thing because it's been around for so long. Disneyland has such a magic feeling because it's been something that it's something that most people experience multiple times. Cause you get that feeling from people who this is the first time they're going and they kind of get a feeling of it and they enjoy it, but it's not nearly as much the same as using you three as an example, who have crafted memories over the years from this place. And those memories are kind of like almost soaked into not only you, but like Main Street as an example. Like you recall previous visits where you were sitting, you know, waiting for the parade or getting ice cream from Gibson Girl or getting a churro. Like those memories are like soaked into that place. So when you combine the memories of the holidays on top of that, it creates almost like this like really intense like, emotional pull or feeling that comes from that place you know i i pulled up uh it was a couple nights uh we were watching bricky's uh his holiday thing that he did my wife teared up looking at the christmas fireworks because she you get that wa- that wash that just goes over you so it's like all these memories stacked on and disneyland is such a nostalgic place to so many people you know it's it's unique because it's been around for so long and people have shared these continued memories over and over again. So when you're there and you get this like 
Main Street music and lights and Christmas tree on top of like remembering things you used to do prior. I think it just creates this like really strong like euphoria that comes over you because you're like remembering all these moments almost at one time, you know. And then and Disney's really good at pulling on heartstrings. Like they craft these experiences and these things knowing what it's going to do to you because they have they've almost mastered nostalgia because when Disney like almost promotes itself, half of the marketing material all the time, it has nostalgia in it because they will sell you always on the new thing. But the thing that keeps us coming back is the classics because they can't just, they're not going to pave over that place every year and start a new, like if you look at any of their commercials, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's families of multiple generations enjoying themselves, especially if you've lost someone in your life or the memories you've had with your dad, like those are like, like I said, etched into that place. So when they show the uh, the four quadrants in the commercial, so little kids, uh, slightly older kids, or no, little kids, like teenagers, adults, and grandparents all having fun together, it, it creates that like memory of when you did that or memories when you had. And my dad, one time when he, I had taken him not too long before the closure, he had kind of brought it up in a sense saying, you know, Disneyland is special because it, especially during the holidays, because people, you know, my dad is in his, I think he's around the same age as your dad. And he has been alive long enough to see that places have closed, like things that he did as a kid, they're not around anymore. So he's like, Disneyland, he's like, it's still here. Like there's barbershop my dad used to go to, it's gone. Supermarkets gone, you know, uh, places, parks that he went to gone, but this place is still here. He remembers going on the teacups when he was a kid. He remembers taking me on those teacups when I was a kid. And I, he wasn't there, but I told him when I took my four-year-old on those same teacups and he's just like that, there's something that you can't get anywhere else that comes from that. And it's like all these just, just absolute memories. And then they, they turn the dial of a thousand by playing Christmas music, having it snow on top of you, you know, even though I've never lived anywhere, there were snow, you know, I, I've had a friend who was, uh, there and started crying cause she lived in Buffalo, New York. And that just made her think of being back at home. And that has nothing to do with Disneyland or, or, or Christmas, you know, the, that, not the holiday, but just the thing of having snowfall coming down on you. Cause she lives in Southern California now uh, by the beach. And that just made her tear up because it made her think of her family back home. And there's just so much emotion attached and it's hard to even peg which emotion specifically, but it's just so many things all at once that are triggering that kind of feeling and Disneyland being around as long as it was helps. Cause you can go, I think to like universal, they probably make good snow there or Knott's Berry farm, but it will never have that same pull because there's not those past memories of that place attached to it. Unless someone has been to Knott's Berry farm or university a bunch of times. And, but Disneyland that's, yeah, that's 60 years. That's tough. You know, it's, you can't beat that. No. One, one of my favorite features specifically at Disneyland during Christmas is it's a small world. Oh, yeah. oh God, all those lights. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard to even describe to people how crazy it is. Like a Clark Griswold small yeah. world. <laughs> That's a good way to describe it. Yeah. Totally. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I heard a rumor that it's like every 10th bulb or something is blinking or there's some like OCD level detail to that <laughs> thing. I'm, I'm sure it's, it, that's got to be true. Yeah, like Small World, I've mentioned that to people. And even your explanation, like you were saying, is, is not even remotely close. So I have to then pull up a photo of what it looks like. So, oh, they cover it in lights. And they're like, oh, okay, I kind of get what that would look like. I'm, no, no, not really. You don't. Like, let me show you like a YouTube video of it lighting. 
And then like, whoa, that's like almost explaining um, World of Color. Like, oh, it's a water show with fountains. And you're like, that was a terrible explanation. Like, no, no, like here, look at what it, you know. And then that still doesn't really do it justice when you're standing in front of the facade for It's a Small World and they do the whole countdown with the projections and the light comes on. Like that creates another like, you know, people like, whoo, you know, they do that same sound every time when the lights come back on. Yes, that uh, anticipation. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> what are your thoughts on DCA during Christmas? Do you think that it lives up to even half of the level of magic that Disneyland? I think they are getting closer. Like, I think they're getting closer. DCA for a long time was trying to find its identity. And still in certain cases, it has issues struggling with that. But they have really turned the dial up on the holidays. DCA, especially um, Halloween and Christmas, and you can see now where they're starting to really push it in certain areas. They have some more to go. So like, um, but each year there's just a little bit more, which I, I appreciate the fact that the, uh, you know, the, the teams that work on that are adding just a tiny bit more, even down to the, like, you know, Timmy, the, the big bear that's in front of Grizzly River Run, that he has a Christmas sweater on, you know, and then on a previous, on another year, it lit up because I remember there was a year when it didn't lit up and then now it lights up like an ugly Christmas sweater. The decorations and cars line are fantastic. You know, the, um, the Hollywood land, they get the like old and, and, um, uh, Buena Vista Street get the old kind of 1920s, 30s holiday decorations, which are really special. And those again, trigger memories for, you know, the way that they decorate, you know, there's like, people don't really use tinsel that much anymore. So they put that in there and that like triggers these memories from people that used to have these things. So DC is, is definitely getting better. They're not at Disneyland's level yet. And Disneyland is still needs to like, they have spots where they don't decorate still. And that's like, okay, like Tomorrowland doesn't really get it. It's like, because there's no Christmas in the future, apparently. Galaxy's Edge, they are working on things like that, you know, for the future. There's rumors about, uh, you know, them celebrating things there. Definitely not specifically Christmas, but I think DCA is getting a lot better at it because they're adding uh, Cars Land. They do overlays for the attractions, not racers, as fun as that would be, but the other two, the World of Color Water Show, you know, the, the version that they do for that is really nice. So they're definitely adding to it. Um, having it snow was a new addition to the um, the Grizzly Peak like walkway they had it snow last time um they also put the the jars that look like they had fireflies in them as well that was like a newer thing so it's like little touches and finding out how they can add these because i think the snowfall that was either two years ago or one year ago and that was you know something that just wasn't there so they get like this budget to continue to add and to create um halloween has been a big step up for them which is great you know having oogie take over that has been really awesome um, and now there's a lot of people who love the fact that the Halloween parties take you know place at DCA as opposed to Disneyland now. And there's like you know you could probably argue and discuss as to which one is better, Mickey's Halloween party, Oogie's Oogie Boogie Bash. But Hallow- uh, DCA is starting to kind of pull its weight, which is good because that's a, a big part of how that resort operates. They need to create experiences that make you want to visit both. It can't be just one or the other because that was the original problem for that park when it first opened. Is that no one really wanted to go and it was created to balance out all the people coming here, you know, to the, to that resort, you know, you have DCA closing at seven, there's no nighttime entertainment and everyone goes and just crushes Disneyland because Fantasmic is there, fireworks are there and it stays open later. So creating experiences, yeah, that like last and make you want to spend time in both parks, you know, even down to new things that they build. It was not a, it's not a, coincidence that galaxy's edge opened and then a year later was going to be avengers campus because they need to 
pull you to both places. There has to be draws for both so that while one may, Disneyland will always be the king out of the two, which, which kind of stinks for DCA. Like what kind of follow-up act can you have for Disneyland? Like there is really isn't one. So that resort was, that park was already doomed from the start being next to like the greatest theme park of all time. So, but it's definitely pulling its weight now and they're only going to get better, which is what I'm happy about because they have also noticed that that time of year is, is big for people because that, that it, those, the holidays that bring up those emotions, people want to be there for Christmas because they can remember these past memories and they want to create new ones with family and friends. Especially if you, like as an example, if you all have been there with people who have never been before, you kind of see that look in their face. Like people get excited taking to people that have never been to Disneyland because they get to show it to them. And the people that think you're crazy for going all the time, like, well, you have to see it through my eyes. I can't just really explain to you about why I love it so much, you kind of have to go and see it yourself. We talk yeah. about that all the time. <laughs> I know specific people who say, mm-hmm. like Disneyland, they don't get it. And then you ask them, well, can you kind of go through your experience with me? And everything about what they did was just the wrong way to go about it. <laughs> A poor plan. They went from Small World to Incredicoaster. <laughs> <laughs> three attractions in a day because they just didn't do it right because they didn't get there yeah they showed up in the afternoon all the fast passes were gone oh yeah i've i've ran into many of those people i'm usually attempting to try to salvage that trip you know because they come for help at like eight o'clock at night and i'm like well <laughs> you know you should ask a little earlier because we could have really helped you but you waited too long now the park's almost closed yeah. I just wanted to ask you, you mentioned your four-year-old. Mm-hmm. Do you go as a family to the park when you're not working? Yeah, I go all the time. I try to take her not super often only because I don't want to burn her out on it. Because if there was ever a day when she, I asked her, did she want to go? And she's like, uh, no, like that would like hit me too much. And I'm like, we're going to take a three-year break now because you have lost it. And I think it's easier for adults to kind of comprehend that. But I could very easily see my daughter saying, I don't want to do that. Because to her, it's become so commonplace that she's just done with it. So we go enough to where it's a treat, but not like every day, you know? And even though I, I, we could go that often, I live 10 minutes from it. Like we could do that, but I want it to always be special um, for her. So I try to balance it out like that. Because now she's at the age where she is very well aware that I work there. Um, so she is, it, it could be a thing where she could ask me often. So we try to make it a treat to do that. And then when we go, I let her or my wife choose everything. Cause I'm there all the time. I'm writing everything all the time. So I don't particularly care what we do. So I let them kind of take control and I just, you know, follow with them. My wife likes to look in the shops. My daughter rides the same four rides over and over again. So I let her, I let her have that. <laughs> the VIP guide. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and now she knows for my costume. So when she sees other people there, she's like, Oh, Hey, you know, she will make sure to go say hi to them because she sees me in that, you know, that, that plaid, that very distinctive plaid. So she's like keys into people. And then of course they all know I have a daughter. So it starts up a conversation and whatnot, but she has a blast. Uh, she's been asking intensely. It's calmed down now since it had the, the closure, but yeah, she's just waiting. We, we told her that it's closed because they're building new attractions, which is true. Um, and that's, <laughs> that's why it's closed because they're building a new Tiana ride and a new Spider-Man ride and a new Mickey ride. And that's why it's closed right now. So that's her like mental like process of it. All of those things that you just mentioned just made my heart skip a beat. <laughs> Avengers campus. Oh, mm-hmm. 
the thought of going back to Disneyland and having new things there oh. is just yeah. right stop, there. Stop, like, stop. not to <laughs> worth it, Go but on. it's going to feel so great. Yeah, Philander, I, I heard you kind of talk about it with Bricky about the, the renovation of Splash Mountain. Mm-hmm. Kind of go over that just quickly. I'm curious because I think you're a big fan of that, right? You're you're pretty stoked on that. Yeah, I'm I'm excited for that. Um, Imagining has a, has had a fantastic track record of of making adjustments, despite them always always being met with like the fervor, the 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 anger of many because now you're like we're moving something that someone loves, and I, I totally get it. You know, they have things that people feel are untouchable. You know, and I think really as the probably the the greatest example of it is tower of terror and that was only because that was something that was still very much loved and i mean loved by attendance you know as opposed to you know they say well we're gonna remove you know uh winnie the pooh and everyone's like no and they're like well based off of the attendance numbers we can see that you didn't go now you're upset because it's leaving but we're only removing it because we saw you stop going you know that that's a very it's, it's really cut and dry like that. So Tower of Terror is unique only because it was very much loved, like it would still get hour-long waits. So taking that was a huge thing. Um, and Imagineering's job when they take stuff away is you've got to make it as good as what came before or better. It cannot be worse. So Splash Mountain's another one where a hugely popular attraction and now it's being changed to something else. Um, Tiana is fantastic my only real one issue with it and i understand the whole purpose of it is i would have much rather had tiana get her own space as opposed to a redo of something else like if it were up to me i would have just bulldozed over splash mountain and given her that land as opposed to now having to put her story into that mountain and i'm sure imagineering will make it make sense to me but when i think about the possibilities of the blue sky of just the land that's there that gets me a lot more excited as opposed to putting her in there i'll be happy to see her in any capacity it doesn't really matter how but the I, land is the thing yeah the land is the thing that we're not getting any more of so you know i don't know why we're going to be in a log for tiana that's, that's you know <laughs> but i'll <laughs> But I'll be happy to sing it and hear her sing. I know that. So I'm ready for it. Like when the frogs and the alligator are cruising in the bayou, maybe mm-hmm. we'll be in a raft and not a, I a mean, log. obviously we're going to be in something that can plummet down a hill, but mm-hmm. what the heck are they going to do with Winnie the Pooh? Do you have any thoughts on that? Like that's going to have no theming now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. The only thing that makes sense really is just an extension of New Orleans Square because um, they could very easily do that. They have done that before where a land used to be this big, but now it's this big. Because um, a lot of people, I think, have forgotten that Tomorrowland, um, like Matterhorn used to be a part of Tomorrowland and then it's now Fantasyland. So it's, it can very easily, they can just shift that over. That's not the biggest deal. I think because they did not bring up the land aspect of it in the announcement that Critter Country is not is because otherwise they could have showed concept for a new area as opposed to just the the attraction itself. And Winnie the Pooh is really kind of entrenched in there. Um, he has his meet and greet. He has his attraction. The the Pooh's honey the honey shop the the area at the very back end. Making Critter Country a little bit smaller makes more sense to me than just ripping out him out of the park because he's a very beloved character and has, has earned his spot there while he while the attraction may not pull the numbers it does and i think that's more only from a place of where it's positioned because i've laughed with other 
customers at work that if you put Winnie the Pooh in Fantasyland, it's going to have a 30 minute wait. It's its position in the very far corner of the park that makes people forget about it often because it's not where all the other family kid rides are. Because uh, that you're looking at for sure, I would say a, at least a 20 minute wait every day if it was like stuck right next to Mr. Toad's while ride, as opposed to that far off corner where it is. Exactly. Well, if we wanted to um, expand New Orleans Square into Pooh, we could theme him with like a Mardi Gras parade. <laughs> <laughs> yes. A little red top and get the Eve. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That'd be great. Fits no, right in. <laughs> I love that attraction. And it's actually a really sneaky attraction to get people that are kind of afraid of rides. Oh, yeah. That's what we did with my niece. She, she went into our trip saying, no rides. I don't mean like some rides. There's like shopping and pin trading. That's all I want to do. And she's an old kid. You know, she's she was 14. like 14. Yeah. But she just had zero. Interest. Oh, it was, it was like that up in her head that she just didn't want to go on rides. And I don't know, maybe day three into the trip, it was just me and her. And I look at her and I'm like, we're going to do Winnie the Pooh. We're all getting in line. Do you, you want to do this? She's like, okay. And I finally convinced her to do it. And then after mm-hmm. Crushed all of Fantasyland, yeah. you know. Just did all the dark. She rides. did rise. She yeah. did rise. Yeah, That's right. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. So, who was her gateway drug? Who was her <laughs> <laughs> usual? I love that story because I'll get people that visit the resort and they have never been before, and then now you're thinking, okay. They've never been. What's the first thing they put you put them on? And that's such a debate for people. Like, what's the first attraction experience? And it's really interesting with kids because they they could get terrified of something so now you're thinking what what's the first experience you put them on so a lot of times with new kids like sorry side tangent i won't take them on the west side because there's not much for kids on the west side because you know i got jungle cruise is probably the safest thing but then pirates haunted mansion splash mountain big thunder like you're not going to really get it over there you know at least if i go to uh you know, what's, what's too scary, you know? So that's what I mentioned earlier when we were talking about knowing the attraction, like front and back, like in its entirety. Like I remember warning a mother about Buzz Lightyear because it's, it's really loud. And you don't really realize it as an adult, but like for a kid, it's very, very loud. And you're like, you, you understand the slow moving aspect of it. Like you're almost reminding people about things that you don't think will bother someone but when you're thinking about everybody like i can't tell you how many conversations i've had with parents where matterhorn um you know is is a a roller coaster but i have to remind them that just so you're aware like your kid is not sitting with you they're in front of you or behind you so there's a very unique aspect for a, a child that's afraid to reach to their left or their right to grab a parent or an adult but when they're sitting there alone in that like middle pocket of matterhorn they they are gonna feel like they're by themselves so I've seen too many come off of that where, you know, I was like the Yeti's in there and that's not so bad if you can grab your dad or your mom yeah. and you're like alone there. Like that's, you feel alone, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and you get a chiropractic adjustment uh, out of it. So, so. That's right. Especially too, depending on what side you pick. <laughs> One's a little bit worse than the other one. Left side will really settle that back in. Okay. I need to remember left is left is cracky because I never (laughs) is the one that's going to hurt me and uh, Mm -hmm. I just get on wherever they put me. But oh uh, yeah, yeah, always just cracks my back. Yeah. It's like immediately. Oh, and then you wonder, will I be able to stand up at the end of this? It's actually not. (laughs) I don't really need it. Like, I love it. I like it. It has to exist. I know that Mm -hmm. like visually, if, if Matterhorn wasn't there, I would cry. 
but I, it's oh, not yeah. a quiet experience for me. It You're wrong. Was, yeah, know. he's wrong. <laughs> Ashley even said that after smashing her face into the front of it on the last trip we were on. <laughs> yeah. She was like, not, not as the ride was moving, just no. as she was getting into her seat, she just smashed her face <laughs> and she was like, I, we haven't even started going yet. I'm already. <laughs> yeah, you're unconscious. Oh, so good. <laughs> concussed. Yeah, like Matterhorn, it's like it needs, yeah, it it needs to be there, whether or not people want to do it or not. And I always kind of go through the whole rigmarole of it's it's really rough. You know, I tell my, I, I I always tell people, I jokingly say it feels like it was made in 1959. So like that kind of like a fun nod to that. Um, and I always put people on the right side first because if they've never done it. I don't want to throw them into the wild left side. So if they like it, I'll say, hey, there's a second side if you want to do that again. And they're like, oh, yeah. yeah. Or the, sometimes the pair is like, absolutely not. The kids are like, yeah, left side. <laughs> <laughs> but I always do right side for first timers every time. I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, I, I knew that that was a thing, but I could never remember which one was which. I knew that there was something to it, but I, I wouldn't have known. An easy way to remember it is uh, the right side is the side that's closest to Fantasyland and the teacups, like Alice. So that one's like the easier side or the side that's for younger, I will say. That's kind of how I like keep it in my head. While the left side is the Tomorrowland side uh, that's going towards like Nemo and Autopia, like that's a bit more on the adult, like Space Mountains over there, Star Tours over there. Yeah. Fantastic. So the right side is more conservative. The left side is... Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Both back adjustments, just less on the right side. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. We're approaching well over 50 minutes, I do believe. Oh, okay. Is it time okay. to land the Disney... What is the it that you Disney call it? It's a cruise ship. Time to land that Disney... Rocket? Rocket ship? ship? I don't I know. <laughs> we'll start just James landing. lands something different every episode. We're not really sure what he's doing. Let's but... call it the Philander. Let's philand this Disney. Philander. Oh! Wow. Sorry. Get her a corner office. <laughs> we did it. That's a pay raise right there. Right. We'll start paying you. How's that? <laughs> <laughs> Done. This just in, it's 47 and rain at not Disneyland. It is 73 degrees and sunny at Disneyland, where you are. It's somewhere in Orange County. and sunny, or it was sunny because it's dark now, but yeah. it was sunny today where you are. What's that like? It's perfect today. <laughs> raining, Lander. 47 degrees and raining. My hair's That's been wet. Like six separate times today. Yeah, and I only took one shower. It's it's coming in cycles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're all just pale skinned, miserable people. Wearing angry, angry. (laughs) Just waiting for the. It's like I'm always. I don't. It's like it took me a while to figure out why why I'm always upset. Yeah, I realized it was the weather. (laughs) Like we're taking medication and vitamin D and just. Are you in Anaheim or are you yeah, outside in Orange? So it's just in, like it's technically Orange, but I mean, like if Disneyland is in Anaheim, and I it takes me five minutes on the street to get there. Like I'm on the cusp of Orange Anaheim. If that's the case, like where the divider is, like who knows? Like I can see fireworks from my balcony. Like when I go to work, I get on the freeway. I get on the very very next exit is is Harper. I get on and get off. Like so, if I'm not in Anaheim, then. <laughs> I'm in orange. It's like right there. But like for your weather thing, we're all huge babies out here anyway. Like we're so accustomed to it. So people are like, oh my God, it's 
it's like, oh, it's, you know, 69 today. It's so cold. And we're like, oh my God, like, or, oh, it's hot. You know, it's, it's 85 today. Oh my God. Yeah. I'm like, geez. Our cousin <laughs> grew up in Connecticut and she moved to Santa Barbara on like a, a work assignment. And she now she can't handle anything below about 70. She starts like mm-hmm. boots and boots. Well, it's, a and real thing. Car. it's a real thing. I'm like, honey, yeah. you remember? <laughs> feet of snow outside your door just last winter. I don't remember that. <laughs> she doesn't know how to go back. I mean, it gets a little chilly at night at Disneyland, like in February, January. Yeah, like a sweatshirt. It's a sweatshirt kind like, of deal. Keep your hands. Pocket. Yeah. Especially if Sarah made you get on Splash Mountain at night and then you got stuck. This yeah. Was- <laughs> in February. Wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's been- so- like, there was no way. Come on. It's got, it's got to walk on. Is that how it happened? Is that how you got on? Exactly how it happened. Yep. It was mm-hmm. worth it. It's a good story. Yep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's those memories. Now you'll always have it. It's soaked in. It's soaked into that ride now. Really <laughs> soaked in. Yes. All right. Well, let's let this guy go. Yeah. Thank um, you so, so, so much yeah, for being here you. with us. This was really wonderful talking to you. Of course. Anytime. I don't mind. I'm always down to talk about uh, Disneyland, especially since I don't do it nearly as often as I used to, which was an everyday occurrence. I think that's why I write so much online. And that's like my way of uh, getting by it. I was laughing because when this first started and I, the first two weeks, I was like, I felt really weird and I didn't know what it was. Like mentally, like I felt like my brain was like sluggish. And then I realized like I wasn't engaging with people, like strangers I'd never met. I wasn't talking all day. I wasn't meeting new people. I wasn't doing logistics or planning. And I, my body was like, my brain was really like wrapped out on that. And that's when I just started throwing. Now I'm like constantly writing on Instagram or online because that's, that creates not only my, keeps my brain working, but it creates conversation amongst people that, that want to talk about it. So I'm like feeding off that, you know, as opposed to me just sitting around, like I'll lose, I'll lose that, like, not the, the, the love for it, but the, like the, the memory for it will leave like half the time the memory stays because I'm repeating it so often as opposed to just like, Oh, I know these things, you know, yeah. Oh, Speaking of, let's plug. Uh, yeah. I was yeah. going to say that too. We so appreciate your Instagram posts. You have, we, rely on the, it. we have, <laughs> Yes, oh, your yeah. posts are <laughs> the Monday posts that you do. So um, good. It's All the polls wonderful. And your stories. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, you can find Philander at Philander Butler on Instagram, right? Yeah, what a, it's something like that. Oh, it's my name. Everyone's like, you should change it. I'm like, well, I'm not like doing it. I don't know. Like, people keep thinking, uh, my wife says, you should change it. And I'm like, it's like, I'm not trying to influence anything. I'm just, this is just my like own. Like, I almost tell people it's as much for me as it is for everybody else. Like, I'm feeding off of it just as much as everyone else like these posting these things which i had no idea would be nearly as elaborate as they work i i literally did it last august when the parks were still open solely because i like talking about it so much i wanted to do it even more and this is like i only got the chance to speak about it mostly with people that i had on tour so like well this is a way of me doing with people that i don't get to meet you know at the park and then now it's become this big thing now because there's the parks are closed so now before it was ma- it was really just for me i mean i guess it still is in a way but i'm glad everybody's enjoying it you know i i, I laugh because i it was much easier because i would take pictures in the parks now i'm having to find right. images off the internet to go along with my stories which is not as 
easy because uh, I already have exhausted all of my photos that I took before we left. Thankfully, the last, the very last one I did, I went down to Buena Vista Street and I took those myself. And I'm like, oh, that feels good to do that. So, well, well your love for the park definitely shows. And I can't imagine a better tour guide than you. So, no um, you know, maybe someday we'll actually get our acts together and <laughs> that would be amazing. Oh, that'd be a dream come true. Yeah. Um, for those that were wondering, it's Philander C. 85. Ah, yeah. Oh, that's right. Of course. My middle name and my birth year. Of course. Yeah, yes. I kind of really know. I should, everybody has a Disney something in their handle. And I'm like, I don't know what I would do. And all the good ones are taken. And I was like, it's really just my personal page. But I also like, I feel like I'm too busy to have more than one Instagram. I don't know. I don't know. We have our personal ones, each of us. And then we have the Disney dependent one. And then we mm-hmm. also have the Team Dynamite Goat one that we started sort of uh. as a joke. We, we <laughs> became our own social club. Just yeah. <laughs> my daughter and my husband added to this group of crazies. And we have vests and the yeah, whole thing. Um, and we start <laughs> somehow maintaining all of these Instagrams. And I just have let my personal one go. I have no idea oh, what yeah. my name is. <laughs> It's like, I don't know what it's doing anymore. I forgot to log in for it. Last picture was my dog. And I was like, I don't even like my dog. What? I only have pictures of my animals. Oh, it's so funny. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm glad you guys are enjoying it. I definitely have no plans of stopping it. Because again, it keeps me going. The polls are a fun thing because that was like, I still felt now being at home because I was doing that while working. So now I'm at home and I'm like, I need to do something else too now, you know? So I'm like, like the poll, I feel like the poll is not like a, it's definitely not new. Like I'm not saying I created the poll or even in the Disney poll, but now I'm just like, I love um, discussion, conversation, like uh, about things that people think are better or worse. You know, I love the the breakdown of like why someone would like swear up and down to me, why you know, Incredicoaster is better than this or like that. I, I love that like fervor and I like the, the discussion that comes from people defending it or saying, because I, I wish I could show people all of the the DMs that I get for people like, how could you put these two together? Or, oh my God, I can't believe this is losing. You know, and I'm like, uh, uh. <laughs> Disney fans are crazy. Yeah, I mean, we are. Yeah, Star Wars and Disney fans. Crazy bunch craziest dedication the passion is there (laughs) all right well speaking of passion we appreciate your passion for disney and we appreciate your time yeah thank you so much it's been really really nice chatting with you and so nice to meet you and we will hit you up yes thanks man oh yeah i wouldn't mind coming on again or just talking just in general i i only really have my four-year-old to talk to most of the times because my wife works from home so other adults are like yeah, she could be on the show sometime. Be oh, gosh. <laughs> hey, guys. We got to tell you about something that we just found. There's a new brand called Flying House Threads. We're completely and totally obsessed with it. All three of us are currently wearing one of their designs. Yes, and all of their designs are very familiar for me personally because I grew up skateboarding. I'm from Southern California, and they just speak to me on a way that no other Disney brand has. Listen, the designs are super cool. They remind you of 
the surf skate rock designs that we've all been wearing since we were teenagers. Yep. They are minimalist and really streamlined. I think my favorite thing about this brand is that all of their designs are things that I would want to wear on a daily basis. I mean, we all love the sparkly, princessy, Mickey-fied, crazy Disney gear that you wear to the parks or around your family, but you may be a little too cool to wear them to, say, the store (laughs) or around your non-Disney friends. But this is the kind of gear that you can sport no matter where you are, no matter who you're with. And if they're a Disney fanatic just like you, they're going to get it. And if they're not, they won't even really know what it is they're looking at. 100%. That's exactly why I love it, too. You're going to want to get in on this now because this brand is going places. We have seen a lot of really cool Disney things come through. And this by far, it stands out in a way that none other has. And you guys are going to definitely want this. Go check them out at Flying House Threads on Instagram. And you can find them on Etsy, Flying House Threads. They've got lots of cool stuff. And now we're going to play a little game. Very quickly. A quick sort of popcorn type game. Yes. But without popcorn. No popcorn. popcorn. Just whiskey. (laughs) And the name of the game is Overrated, Underrated. We're going to do lightning round style. Lightning round style. We throw out a topic. Do you have any? No. You don't have any? Okay. I got a bunch. I know Sarah's got a bunch. Yeah. We go around the room, round robin style, throw out one topic. And you give a quick overrated, underrated. No okay. explanation. Yep. You can do it small. Just don't, oh, don't, don't okay. elaborate. Okay, so no so boxing. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I mean, okay. Or whatever. Just feel it out, bro. All right. All right. Christmas trees. Underrated. Underrated. Overrated. Wow. Hot topic. Hot topic. Nope. Hot take. <laughs> hot topic is a stool. I'm only saying that to be controversial. <laughs> okay, I'll throw one back to you. Baby Yoda. Overrated. Dash. Becoming overrated. Still underrated for me. Eggnog. Overrated. 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 Yeah. I need like a taste and I'm good for the new I like season. it as creamer. Okay. <laughs> okay. Disneyland slash Walt Disney World cast members. Definitely underrated. overrated. The most underrated thing in the entire world. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. I came out too to strong. get a lot of unnecessary love. Go ahead. Breakfast in bed. Under, uh, overrated. Uh, yeah. I don't want food in my bed. Uh, no, I'm going to go underrated. Underrated. Yeah. I love food in my bed. Yeah, me too. I eat a sleeve of crackers a night. Food, <laughs> coffee, alcohol, yeah. you name it. A pint of ice cream. I only doesn't matter. eat in the bed when I'm drunk. Yeah. Well, oh. <laughs> maybe that's why I like it so much. <laughs> okay. This is more of a conceptual thing. Mm-hmm. So the concept of 2020 sucking. Uh, overrated. Underrated. Ash? Overrated. I knew you'd say that. I'm with Sarah. I think it's underrated how much this year has sucked. I think it sucks more than we're giving it credit for. Yep. I have an idea. I, I think let's talk about 2020 on the next episode. Let's do it. No, it's I a, think we should. That's a great idea. Hmm. Great. Uh, Greek yogurt. Oh, God. Overrated. I'm just going to start. On overrated. That underrated. Yeah, oh. You love that stuff. Give me yeah. that protein. I don't like yogurt. All right, Sarah, here's one Greek for you. Greek yogurt's better than regular yogurt. I will give it that. Interesting. I know your reaction to this one. Star Wars. Overrated. I'm going to say overrated, but Good only pick. because... No, only because Star Wars people are insane, and I include myself in that. 
You're saying overrated? Yeah. Wow. I'm all time underrated. But only because of the crazy people. Yeah. Okay. I would say the average fan, underrated. Got it. Bathrobes. Overrated. 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 Yeah. Okay. Elon Musk. Overrated. Overrated. Underrated. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. I had one of the ones you already said. Hmm. Um, Crocs, the shoe. Overrated. Overrated. Consensus. Babies. Overrated. Underrated. <laughs> Underrated. I totally just cut in front of you, too. <laughs> I just wanted to say it so bad. It worked. That was good. Overrated. <laughs> I can't hold my head up. <laughs> I need help doing everything. I poopy my pants. I love babies. Me, too. Okay. California. Overrated. Overrated. At this point, I'm going to have to agree. Yeah. Which sucks. I love California. I adore California. It's where my roots are from. That didn't even make sense. Yeah. Uh, salt and straw. Overrated. Overrated. Hey, people who are in Anaheim, we have We've salt and straw. It's been here forever. We're like hipsters about salt and straw. It's it, like we, we already knew, it before knew about it. Was it. Cool. It's overrated. We've had lavender ice cream. Thank you very much. <laughs> These voices. I know. Okay. Tap water. Overrated. Underrated. Hot take, Ash. You know wow. me. I don't drink peasant water. Well, I didn't mean like enjoy. <laughs> I mean the. I sh- okay, that's fair. I'll let me explain. Running the, water. The uh, yeah access. Plumbing. To, access plumbing. To You're water. asking me if I that? feel good about plumbing. I feel great about plumbing. No, not plumbing. Access to water. I Love think, it. Uh, underrated. Oh, plumbing is great. underrated. Yes. And I will say that the Portland water from the Bull oh, yeah, Run is even more Reservoir underrated. is horrifically underrated by anyone who doesn't know that exists agreed yeah our tap water is top notch top notch not the case in other places in the country so tap water doesn't really that's like too general but here's the thing you get a reservoir full of polar i'm tapping into that you're tapping into that (laughs) your seltzer water swimming pool (laughs) yes (laughs) uh it's dinkly roundabouts uh, oh, overrated. overrated. Yeah. Underrated. No, I hate yeah, it. Yeah, I love them. It's just chaos. <laughs> People just need to learn how to use them. Yeah, okay. But if everyone knows how to use them, they work really the well. Prob- whenever I think of roundabouts, I think of driving through Ireland, getting from a country one-third the size of Oregon, <laughs> trying to get across that stupid thing, and it takes forever. It's his That's favorite country. they don't have any highways that just keep yeah. going. They I mean, constantly stop. That's it. And yeah. That's, okay. All that's right. not true. They do have highways, but it's it is. It's weird. It's very yeah. broken up. iPhones. Uh, underrated. 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 Hummus. Ah. Overrated. Underrated. Underrated. I love it. I love it. I love it too, but it's a little over a little overexposed. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Instagram. Hmm underrated i think underrated yeah i'm gonna agree with that if you're comparing it to other platforms i think it's underrated okay uh the office the show oh geez the the american version Mm -hmm. i would have to i mean i it's one of my favorite shows and i would say overrated i think it's overrated the british is underrated yes at this point yeah i think i might agree i mean that's all of us would agree we love that show yeah oh yeah i don't actually love it Oh, really? I can't stand Michael Scott. 
I, he makes me so uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. I really like uh, a lot of that this. show, Sarah, but he's in it too much. Have you watched Scott's Tots? Scott's Tots? That is an episode that I refuse oh, to watch. I've watched watch. all of it. I, it's just so uncomfortable. It's, it's the most uncomfortable episode. I can't stand watching anything that people can't like speak up for themselves and fix the situation. Right. That's why I hate uh, Meet the Parents and Meet yeah. the Fockers. Yeah. Those, yeah, you don't like that kind of. Anime. They make me so uncomfortable. I get it, but it's Kate's favorite show. She she's probably watched it all the way through like five times. We've watched it all the way through like fifteen times. I love it. Yep. I just still think I always skip season one. You gotta pick overrated. That's what she does too. Just like Friends. It's funny. It's not worth watching. No. Okay, I have one last one. What? Okay. Podcasts. Underrated. 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 That we haven't even begun with podcasting yet. And here's a promo. If you love Disneyland and you love listening to things about Disneyland, try Disney Dependent. Ting. Ding. <laughs> okay. I've got one more. Hot tubs. Overrated. 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 I love a good tub. I want a soaking tub. But a hot tub? Overrated. I don't want to be in a swimsuit. And I also don't want <laughs> it to be that hot. Yeah, it's, exactly. It's it, too hot, and right. it's outside. And so you're usually just with a bunch of people. It's it's this weird. It's a dude soup thing. Yeah, it's a soup of people. Yeah, it's people true. soup. It's a little weird. Yeah, I still love it. Remember that time we got crazy rashes from a hot tub? Yeah, it was a black rash all over our entire bodies. We went to a house party, what? and everyone's like, "Let's all get in the hot tub." So we did, and it was not a clean hot tub, apparently. <laughs> And then, like, two mornings later, all of our friends, we all start calling each other. We're like, do you have a bunch of bumps on your body? Black. And, like, black? black? Black pinpoint rash. And everyone's like, yes. Oh, my God. I, I thought I was going crazy. You have that, too? Oh, my God. There's, like, 15 of us. What was it? Did you guys find out? It was just the, there's some weird, I don't know. Micro. Ew. How gross thingy. is that? Ooh, black went, it went away. Rash. I remember calling the doctor. It's like, there's nothing. You, you just got to wait it you out. Just man. wait it out. You're just going to be itchy and rashy for a few days. Yeah, we took Benadryl or something. That was it. What a great way to end the holiday season <laughs> and a delightful episode with Philander Butler <laughs> talking about a dirty hot tub hot with tub a rash. bunch of dudes and a black rash. Uh, that's us. Perfect. That's why you love us. We're not just a a bathroom podcast that's right we'll also talk about really dirty hot tubs exactly is that the broom closet i hear it has yeah. to be hold on hold on let me get the broom james okay i got it it looks great thank you for cleaning up a little housekeeping for everyone if you want to do us a huge favor just a solid a solid if you will and even if you won't do it you can still help me out by telling one person about this show. That's Try all two. I ask. Or two. two if you want to be a hero, go with two. Um, it really helps the show. I'm going to ask for three. <laughs> Sarah's going for three. Oh, my God. Ash's got two. Sarah's got three. And I'm just saying one. I'll see my three and I'll raise you four. <laughs> <laughs> Tell four people about our podcast. Sarah just desperately wants us to have 50 Patreon members so that we have to watch all of the Santa Buddies, the the Buddies movies in one day. We have a Patreon account? We sure do. Well, why? Yes, we do. You know, I was thinking about that Patreon account. You were? Yeah. Well, I go to Starbucks nearly every day. And we were talking about this the other day. Not nearly. You go every day, sometimes twice. Yeah. So (laughs) 
that's kind of how I think about this stuff. If you really enjoy the show on any level, if you think about supporting the show from the level of like buying one cup of coffee from Starbucks once a month, less than even less than you could support the show. It would mean the world to us. And if you can't do that, just, you know, do whatever you can. You can rate and review the show or you could just tell one friend. Yes, please. Share it on your Instagram. Love it. This podcast is brought to you by Carly Rose Designs. You can check her out on Instagram. Her Instagram handle is Carly Y-R-L Designs. But you can also check her out directly on her Etsy shop, which is also Carly Y-R-L Designs. She's a self-taught artist that does custom hand-painted designs. I have the Not a Creature is Stirring Except for a Mouse Christmas shirt, which is a scene that's super cute. It's a living room with a Christmas tree with presents under it. And then you can see that poking down through the chimney is Mickey ears. Mickey Claus has been there. (laughs) She also has a really cute Chippendale snowflake shirt called the Double Trouble Snowflake Tea. But my absolute favorite thing about Carly's shop is that she does these gorgeous hand-painted custom designs. For instance, there's an example of something that she's painted on a crossbody bag that is the Hitchhiking Ghost from Haunted Mansion. She has another design that's Lock, Shock, and Barrel from The Nightmare Before Christmas. All of her products on her Etsy shop are hand-painted, adorable, gorgeous, But I think that the absolute coolest thing on her shop is that she does these custom hand-painted denim jackets. Uh, There's a bunch of different examples in her shop. There's the castle with R2-D2 and BB-8 wearing Mickey ears. (laughs) There's C-3PO and R2-D2. But what's really cool is that she also does whatever you want. Literally, you can say, please enter your general idea and I will contact you with designs. She'll work with you to make you the coolest jacket you will ever wear. Once again, go give Carly some love. She's really talented and super cool. You can find her on Instagram at Carly YRL Designs and the same on her Etsy shop, Carly YRL Designs. All right. Now comes the time of the show where we recommend things we've been watching or consuming in some way. Yes. And I will go first. Do it. I would like to recommend Walt's Chili Bowl. They are back. And boy, are they. Holy moly. They're back. Um, Their episode that they released uh, a couple weeks ago. Yeah. They take six different Disney snacks and they blend them in a blender Dude, and they race to mind. drink it. Uh, uh, they blended uh, a turkey leg. Yes. A churro, a Mickey-shaped ice cream bar, a dole, a dole whip. whip, a pretzel, pretzel, and there's one other thing. Oh, um, a corn dog. Uh, yeah, yeah. With mustard. Ugh. With mustard. That was unnecessary. Um, so gross. So amazing and yeah. it just reminded us of the episode where we did a would you rather drink Piping hot Dole Whip or a Mickey cheese or a Mickey pretzel with cheese in a blender. Piping hot cheese. Yeah, um, one cup of either. Yeah. So go give them a watch. They're on YouTube. Walt's Chili Bowl. Lisa and Ryan, we love you guys. Uh, you keep making us laugh. Mm-hmm. Love it. James, do you have a media rec? I actually don't. I'm just going to let you guys cruise through this one. Okay. 
Well, my recommended content this week is my cat, Dexter. Oh. He's my shadow. He is the light of my life. <laughs> I feel bad for all of the 7.8 billion humans. We talk about this all the time. That don't know him. Like how, I pity them. I pity them. They don't have a relationship with him. It's, I can't imagine such tra- tragedy. Now, this is recommended content, Ashley. How are you recommending a cat that they can't have a relationship with? I'll post some pictures. Okay. Seek them out, man. Print them. Put them in your walls. I, I don't know. <laughs> I consider myself lucky to be of the few people who know Dexter. Yeah. He is a good cat. A he is cat. amazing. And especially after seeing uh, Georgia Hardstark from My Favorite Murder losing Aww. Elvis this week, I'm I'm just ever more appreciative yeah, that was of a bummer to see. my little Dexter baby. Yep. Yeah. We love our our little furry idiots so much so much i uh i did say earlier that i don't like my dog i just want to be clear that i love him but i don't like him right there's a difference i love my cat yes she's really (laughs) dumb (laughs) she's real dumb (laughs) okay i think we did it i think we did it go check out dexter today (laughs) (laughs) we'll try to have a way to do that yeah i think that's fair come up with a sale or something 30% 30% off. Does so. he have his own Instagram yet? Yeah, no, he doesn't. He had a Facebook he did. account a long time ago. It was like I, a decade knows? ago. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll figure something out. We'll share Dexter with you guys. Yeah. We should share him more. He's very shareable. Have you heard the good news? Dexter. This just in. <laughs> he was sitting on a cutting board earlier, and I, we decided maybe we should slice him up, but he's just... He's a little honey-baked ham. Yeah. He so also cute. was sitting in a... Uh, an office chair earlier and i had to wheel him from the <laughs> dining room into the office and, and what do you call him when he's doing that he is being an executive <laughs> i told him he needs another cat to sit and pet like yes, that's right. dr mad <laughs> all right Alrighty. let's let these people go well thank you so much for listening to disney dependent see, see you real, real soon, soon. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Disney Dependent. And you can send us an email at DisneyDependent at gmail.com. This podcast is produced by Producer Ash. The logo is by Ryan Hatch, and you can find him at WR Hatch on Instagram. The music is by Ryan Knowles, and you can find him at Ryan Allen Knowles on Instagram. This show is mixed and edited by Deanna Chapman. You can find Deanna at Deanna underscore Chapman. And this has been a Team Dynamite Goat production. All right. Well, thank you for listening to the show, and we'll be back here next week.